from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Hell elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the gamers used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night this is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your boy, Mike De Niro. It is December 16th. We are a week away from Christmas. Big AEW Dynamite tonight. And before we get into it, I just want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for subscribing on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And thank you for subscribing on Instagram, following at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Now let's get into a big, big show. AEW Dynamite started out with Hangman Page teaming up with John Silver and Alex Reynolds to go against Matt Hardy and Private Party. The Hardy Party. The new heel Hardy with the very babyface Private Party. Party Hardy. There's a lot of rhyming here. And I'm not talking about the acclaimed. But anyway, this was a really fun opener. Good action in this matchup. Fast paced, which AEW usually starts the show very fast paced. They had a lot of talent on the show tonight, a lot of multi-man matches, which was okay because everything seemed to make sense. It wasn't like they were just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. I like the chemistry between the team here of Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. They are still trying to recruit Hangman Page into the Dark Order, and this trio's name was The Good, The Bad, and The Hungly. The Hungy. Hungy? Hungly? Hungy? yeah, really good action here. I like the whole dynamic, dynamic, dynamic of Matt Hardy playing this new heel character and trying to be the, what was it, the iconic Matt Hardy, Big Money Matt, while the private party still babyfaces. You had the ending of the matchup come when private party hit Jin and Juice and... Matt Hardy got the blind tag, tagged himself in, and picked up the victory for his team. This was very, very good, like I said. 
in my opinion, this is going to lead to a breakup between the Hardy Party. Or maybe the private party turns heel. We'll see. There's so much tag teams right now in AEW and so many teams making a lot of noise that private party very well could get lost in the shuffle. So a heel turn might benefit them in my opinion. I mean, what have they've done differently than what they've been doing for like the last year? And they started out on AEW hot, but I mean, since the pandemic, private party, they took some time off. And then ever since they came back, it really hasn't been much of a big deal since they've come back. So I could see a heel private party with Matt Hardy as their manager or Matt Hardy as their mentor. Anyway, this was interesting that they didn't go with Hangman Page, John Silver and Reynolds with the victor because that's the storyline that they're building. And if Silver and Reynolds are trying to get Hangman Page to join them, them losing the match doesn't really help their cause here. But nonetheless, like I said, good opening matchup. We got a promo from the Inner Circle. Congratulations to MJF for winning the best performance of 2020 from the New York Times Awards. Really cool to see that. We got a package here where it was the announcement that Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes are going to have a child. This was just a very cute package, and I thought that it was really well done. Really cool to see that. We had then Cody Rhodes versus Angelico one-on-one. This was a great one-on-one matchup and probably one of my favorite matches. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say this was my favorite match of the night. From a one-on-one standpoint, they really meshed well. And Helico is a really good singles wrestler. And he has a great dynamic of high-flying technical wrestling and submission-based wrestling, which is really cool. And his stature, he's pretty tall. Like he was, I think he was taller than Cody. But yeah, I enjoyed this matchup. I give this matchup a 4, no, I give this matchup a 3.5 out of 5 stars. This was really good. Cody gets the win. Afterwards, Team Taz comes out. They try to, I guess, jump Cody. They, they announced that they go out to go to the ring and beat Cody down when Sting comes out and chases them all off with the bat. Every time we see Cody, we see Sting. Every time we see Sting, we see Darby. I think that this is leading to a six-man match where Sting is going to team up with Cody and Darby to go against Team Taz, Hobbs, Starks, and uh, Brian Cage. If Sting gets into the ring again and it is for a six-man match, that's going to be a good way to protect him from taking uh, bumps and also from having to do a lot of work. I think that that would be a smart way to utilize Sting. So we'll see what happens there. The next major thing of significance on the show that happened was Eddie Kingston came out to discuss his enemies. He was addressing his enemies. And his first enemy was God. <laughs> Typical Eddie Kingston fashion. You know, he said his first enemy is God because he's still breathing. Then he addresses Pac. And while he's addressing his enemies... Lance Archer comes charging into the ring, starts a brawl with Eddie Kingston. This leads to the Butcher and the Blade coming out and jumping Lance Archer, which leads to Death Triangle coming out and evening the odds. Then we've seen a little dissension between Pac and Lance Archer. They start arguing, but then they look like they were united at the ending. So really cool to see Archer and the Dark, uh, the Dark Order. Archer and the Death Triangle as a united front here. We also get a promo here from uh, Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is 
mad as hell. He said Seven was a horrible gimmick and idea back in the day, and it is now, and he is not going to join the Dark Order, and that was an insulting offer. And he wants Evil Uno next week on the New the, the Holiday Bash or whatever next week's show is called. But we're going to get Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. After this, we get the 12-man match. The Inner Circle versus the Best Friends versus... Well, it's the Inner Circle versus the Best Friends versus the Varsity Blondes versus Top Flight. A lot, a lot of people in this matchup. This was just a crazy, crazy match, which was done well. It wasn't too much of the nonsensical everyone grouping up and catching dives and while we're on that topic i just want to say like right now the big controversy is jim ross calling out that shit on his podcast saying that it's stupid it's nonsensical and you know what i heard that a lot of the AEW roster is mad that jr is saying that but i mean can you really really deny the fact that he's telling the truth Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is happening way too often where you just got wrestlers just grouping up together, waiting for dives. It's so pre-orchestrated. It's so... What's the word I'm trying to find? It just looks so planned. It doesn't look good and it never looked good. I I never was a fan of that. And you know what? If JR's holding these people accountable for it, he, I mean, who else knows more than Jim Ross in this company? Like, Jim Ross has been around the block for a long time. Now, if Jim Ross is going to call it out, like, yeah, maybe it shouldn't have been called out on a public forum, but he, he didn't name anybody. It wasn't like he was saying names and disrespected anybody by name on his uh, podcast, Grilling JR. So, I mean, 
Chris Jericho on his appearances, he, he calls people out for their bullshit. He said that he thought certain things were bad ideas and had to say it wasn't going to work. He said Joey Janela needs to lose weight. He said that he's the one who called out uh, Evil Uno for looking like a slob and he needed to put on a shirt. Like, no one got mad at Jericho. But people are mad at JR. And, you know, I, I think that, yeah, JR could have went about it different. But JR is very knowledgeable and... It's saying what a lot of casual wrestling fans who watch this show are thinking when they see shit like this. It just looks so pre-choreographed. And, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on JR's side here. Anyway, this was a really well-done matchup. Things made sense in here. It wasn't just having everybody in the match. I really like the interactions between Chris Jericho and Brian Pillman Jr. because of the history between Brian Pillman and Chris Jericho. Also... I remember hearing a podcast uh, back in the day, Talk is Jericho, had Teddy Hart and Brian Pillman Jr. on it. And basically, he was was talking about how he wants to see Brian Pillman Jr. pursue wrestling. And then here we have Brian Pillman Jr. in the ring with Chris Jericho, which was really awesome to see. Inner Circle gets the win. After the match, they have a big post-match brawl. And Top Flight basically makes the save. Next week, we're going to be getting Top Flight versus MJF versus Chris Jericho, which is a really big matchup for them so young in their career. Against two, well, one veteran legend and one of the biggest names in AEW. It's going to really be interesting to see if Top Flight could rise to the occasion. I think that if they do, you have an instant star-making moment because they already look like they have loads of potential and they're so young. I think sky's the limit for Top Flight. We get a backstage promo from Thunder Rosa. She's then jumped from behind by Britt Baker. I don't know when they're going to finally have this blow-off match, but Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, that should be a really good matchup when they finally do have it. We have a tag team matchup between SCU, Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels versus the acclaimed Matt Caster, Anthony Bowens. They do this rap battle type thing. Every time the... Acclaim come out, they do a freestyle rap disrespecting their their opponents. This time, Frankie Kazarian actually rapped back at them. And we had a bit of a rap battle before the matchup, which was very fun. Being a rap fan, Shasta Lords of Gotham. Being a rap fan, this was very fun. Being a rapper myself also. The Acclaim pick up a big upset victory here. They beat the legendary team of Kazarian and... Christopher Daniels, this young upstart team. So just seeing top flight, now seeing the acclaimed, these are two teams that were not even on the roster two months ago and both getting a lot of uh, attention here on AEW. I think that's really cool to see. But yeah, next week we're going to be getting top flight versus, well, not top flight. We're going to be getting the acclaimed versus the Young Bucks. We got a very passionate promo before the main event here by FTR saying that the tag team division is becoming a circus and where's the respect for FTR and it's going to the shits and they call out the Jurassic Express. Very passionate, very cool to see that. The main event of this night was a no DQ match between Joey Janela and Kenny Omega with Don Callis by his side. Don Callis was doing live commentary with Kenny Omega during the matchup. They both had microphones in their hand. 
this was a really, really fun way. And this really showcased Kenny Omega as a top heel in the company. For those who don't know, he showed up again on Impact Wrestling last night. And I don't know how if you, like, if you follow wrestling, everyone knows what happened last night. Basically, the reformation of the Bullet Club, because Kenny Omega is now once again aligned with Gallows and Anderson, and we are going to be getting Gallows and Anderson and Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns at Impact Wrestling's next pay-per-view, January 16th, Hard to Kill. That's going to be awesome. I really want to see if they incorporate that storyline here on AEW by bringing in Gallows and Anderson, which would be awesome because there is a lot more former Bullet Club members here in AEW. It'll be cool to see them interact with the Young Bucks. It's going to be really cool to see where this goes. But anyway, Kenny Omega gets the victory. They talk a little shit after the match. And then the Death Triangle's music hits. Pac comes out. He says that they have unfinished business with Kenny Omega. And he said that Ray Phoenix never lost his matchup in the contendership tournament match. Well, yeah, when they were trying to crown who's the number one contender. So next week, Tony Khan has signed off AEW World Title match. Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. And we go off the air with that. That was a great way to end it cliffhanger ending we're going to be getting a great great matchup for the AEW title next week because every time Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix get in the ring together they just have great chemistry their matchup last year at AAA for the uh, Mega Campion that was a phenomenal matchup they had another great matchup at uh I believe it's Northeastern Wrestling about two two to two years two to three years ago which was a phenomenal matchup so I've been waiting for them to have a one-on-one match here in AEW. It's going to be really awesome to see. And especially it being for the AEW champion. That's a nice little uh, nice little nod to the hard work of Ray Phoenix. And it's also going to be a great way to keep the fans from uh, not wanting to watch next week. Being that the show will be at a different start time. All together, this episode of AEW, I really enjoyed. And I give this a 3.5 out of 5. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Once again, my match of the night was Cody versus Angelico. I thought that was just a very crisp and sound matchup. I love the storyline development. I love the way that this year is ending. I love how Kenny Omega is a big-time star here, finally. It finally feels like the old Kenny Omega here on this show and on Impact Wrestling. I think that that's doing wonders for AEW right now. So, great show. I hope everybody tunes in this Friday for Brand Supremacy. Have a great weekend, guys. Make sure to stay safe. Times are getting crazy again. Coronavirus has not gone away. Stay safe. During this holiday time, just remember family and health first. And just love one another. Be positive. Be safe. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 